Chapter forty four of The Evil Genius. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Evil Genius by Wilkie Collins. Chapter forty four. Think of consequences. Catherine listened to the fall of winter in the basin of the fountain. She was conscious of a faint hope, a hope unworthy of her, that Kitty might get weary of the goldfishes and might interrupt them. No such thing happened. No stranger appeared on the path which wound through the garden. She was alone with him. The influences of the still and fragrant summer evening were influences which breathed of love, have you thought of me since yesterday he asked gently she owned that she had thought of him is there no hope that your heart will ever incline toward me i daren't consult my heart if i had only to consider my own feelings she stopped what else do you have to consider my past life how i have suffered and what i have to repent of has your married life not been a happy one he asked not a happy one in the end she answered through no fault of yours i am sure through no fault of mine certainly and yet you said just now that you had something to repent of i was not thinking of my husband captain benedek when i said that if i have injured any person the person is myself she was thinking of that fatal concession to the advice of her mother and to the interests of her child which placed her in a false position toward the honest man who loved her and trusted her if he had been less innocent in the ways of the world or not so devotedly fond of her he might little by little have persuaded catherine to run the risk of shocking him by a confession of the truth as it was his confidence in her raised him high above the reach of suspicions which might have occurred to the other men he saw her turn pale he saw distress in her face which he interpreted as a silent reproach to him for the questions he had asked i hope you will forgive me he said simply she was astonished what i have to forgive my want of delicacy oh captain benedek you speak of one of your great merits as if it were a fault over and over again i have noticed your delicacy and admired it he was too deeply in earnest to abandon his doubts of himself i have ignorantly led you to think of your sorrows he said sorrows that i cannot console i don't deserve to be forgiven may i make the one excuse in my power may i speak of myself she told him by a gesture that he had made a needless request the life i have led he resumed accounts perhaps in some degree for what is deficient in me at school i was not a popular boy i only had one friend and he was long since been numbered with the dead of my life at college and afterward in london i dare not speak to you i look back at it with horror my school friend decided my choice of a profession he went into the navy after a while not knowing what else to do i followed his example i liked the life i may say the sea saved me for years i was never on shore for more than few weeks at a time 
I saw nothing of society. I was hardly ever in the company of ladies. The next change in my life associated me with an Arctic expedition. God forbid I should tell you of what men go through who are lost in the regions of eternal ice. Let me only say I was preserved, miraculously preserved, to profit by the dreadful experience. It made a new man of me. It altered me, I hope for the better, into what I am now. Oh, I feel that I ought to have kept my secret yesterday. I mean by daring to love you. I should have waited till you knew more of me, till my conduct pleased you, perhaps, and spoke for me. You won't laugh. I am sure, if I confess, at my age, that I am inexperienced. Never till I met you have I known what true love is, and this at forty years old. How some people would laugh! I own it seems melancholy to me. No, not melancholy. Her voice trembled. Agitation, which it was not a pain but a luxury to feel was gently taking possession of her where another man might have seen that her tenderness was getting the better of her discretion and might have presumed on the discovery this man innocently blind to his own interests never even attempted to take advantage of her no more certain way could have been devised by the most artful lover of touching the heart of a generous woman and making it his own the influence exerted over Catherine, by the virtues of Benedict's character, his unaffected kindness, his manly sympathy, his religious conviction so deeply felt, so modestly restrained from claiming notice, had been steadily increasing in the intimacy of daily intercourse. Catherine had never felt this ascendancy over her as strongly as she felt it now, by fine degrees, the warning remembrances which had hitherto made her hesitate lost their hold on her memory hardly conscious herself of what she was doing she began to search his feelings in his own presence such love as his had been unknown in her experience the luxury of looking into it and sounding it to its inmost depths was more than the woman's nature could resist i think you hardly do yourself justice she said surely you don't regret having felt for me so truly when i told you yesterday that my old friend had deserted me no indeed do you like to remember that you showed no jealous curiosity to know who my friend was i should have been ashamed of myself if i had asked the question and did you believe that i had a good motive a motive which you might yourself have appreciated for not telling you the name of that friend is he someone whom i know ought you to ask me that after what i have just said pray forgive me i spoke without thinking i can hardly believe it when i remember how you spoke to me yesterday i could never have supposed before we became acquainted with each other that it was in the nature of a man to understand me so perfectly to be so gentle and so considerate in feeling for my distress you confused me a little i must own by what you said afterward but i am not sure that ought to be severe in blaming you sympathy i mean such sympathy as yours sometimes says more than the discretion can always approve have you not found it so yourself i have found it so with you and perhaps i have shown a little too plainly how dependent i am on you 
how dreadful it would be to me if i lost you too as a friend she blushed as she said it when the words had escaped her she felt that they might bear another meaning than the simple meaning which she had attached to them he took her hand his doubts of himself his needless fear of offending her restrained him no longer you can never lose me he said if you will let me be the nearest friend that a woman can have bear with me dearest i ask for so much i have so little to offer in return i dream of a life with you which is perhaps too perfectly happy to be enjoyed on earth and yet i cannot resign my delusion must my poor heart always long for happiness which is beyond my reach if an overruling providence guides our course through this world may we not sometimes hope for happier ends than our mortal eyes can see he waited a moment and sighed and dropped her hand she hid her face she knew what it would tell him she was ashamed to let him see it i didn't mean to distress you he said sadly she let him see her face for a moment only she looked at him and then let silence tell him the rest his arms closed round her slowly the glory of sun faded from the heavens and the soft summer twilight fell over the earth i can't speak he whispered my happiness is too much for me are you sure of your happiness she asked could i think as i am thinking now if i were not sure of it are you thinking of me of you and of all that you will be to me in the future ho oh, my angel if god grants us many years to come what a perfect life i see tell me what do you see i see a husband and a wife who are all in all to each other if friends come to us we are glad to bid them welcome but we are always happiest by ourselves do we live in retirement we live where you like best to live shall it be in the country yes yes you have spoken of the sea as you might have spoken of your best friend we will be near the sea but i must not keep you selfishly all to myself i must remember how good you have been to poor creatures who don't feel our happiness and who need our kindness perhaps i might help you do you doubt it i only doubt whether i ought to let you see what i have seen i am only afraid of the risk of making you unhappy you tempt me to run the risk the help of a woman and of such a woman as you are is the only thing i have wanted your influence would succeed where my influence has often failed how good how thoughtful you would be i only want to be worthy of you she said humbly when may i see your home he drew her closer to him tenderly and timidly he kissed her for the first time it rests with you he answered when will you be my wife she hesitated he felt her trembling is there any obstacle he asked before she could reply kitty's voice was heard calling to her mother kitty ran up to them catherine turned cold as the child caught her by the hand eagerly claiming her attention all that she should have remembered all that she had forgotten in a few bright moments of illusion rose in judgment against her and struck her mind prostrate in an instant when she felt kitty's touch 
benedek saw the change was it possible that the child's sudden appearance had startled her kitty had something to say and said it before he could speak mamma i want to go where the other children are going susan's gone to her supper you take me her mother was not even listening kitty turned impatiently to benedek why won't mamma speak to me she asked he quieted her by a word you shall go with me his anxiety about catherine was more than he could endure pray let me take you back to the house he said i am afraid you are not well i shall be better directly do me a kindness take the child she spoke faintly and vacantly benedek hesitated she lifted her trembling hands in entreaty i beg you will leave me her voice her manner made it impossible to disobey he turned resignedly to kitty and asked which way she wanted to go the child pointed down the path to one of the towers of the crystal palace visible in the distance the governess has taken others to see the company go away she said i want to go too benedek looked back before he lost sight of catherine she remained seated in the attitude in which she had left her at the farther end of the path which led to the hotel he thought he saw a figure in the twilight approaching from the house there would be help near if catherine wanted it his uneasy mind was in some degree relieved as he and kitty left the garden together end of chapter 44 recording by lambda